Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who says that you, if you eat steak, you cannot have any sauce with it. No steak sauce, no ketchup, no nothing. His name is Brandon Siegel. Yeah, so here's the thing. As a steak connoisseur, because I'm, I'm, I watch a lot of steak vids. I, I, I love steak. It, ben, you know that to be true. All right, hold on. You're not even introduced yet. They don't know you're here. All right. Uh, as a steak connoisseur, all right, and you've had my steak. I make, I, I mean, can you complain about the steak that I've made? No. No, thank it's you. It's really good. Because there's no need for sauce with good steak. Okay, there's no need. If you and see here, here's the thing. The, the, here's the bigger reason. If people get their steak like too well done, so like anything past medium should never, it shouldn't even be an option to order it, because then it's too dry, and then you need sauce. So then it's just a judgment of your character, and that's why it's an important question. And that's why I don't think anyone should have steak or sauce with their steak. Now, a man who I know gets his steaks way too done is a man named Ben O'Brien, the third member of this podcast. Ben, uh, you missed last week. Not a surprise, I'd like to say. You know, I used to be called the slacker of this podcast, and that title has been pushed right on over to you, uh, which I'm very happy to give you, uh, and your well-done steaks. How are you doing today? I'm great. First of all, um, I did miss last week. That's on me. I, I, I've never blamed anyone but myself, Brandon. I, I never once blamed you for for any of this. Actually, I take that back. It probably was your fault at some point. Um but I'm happy to be back. And and I will say, Brandon, in terms of steak, I, I don't get well-done steaks. How dare you say that? Never in my life have I ever ordered a well-done steak. You get steak. medium well. You get medium well. Okay. So I, I used to, but actually, Brandon, I feel like I've kind of shifted more to medium. Um, I don't oh, necessarily oh, so order up. a medium, but I think a lot in like a lot of instances, like you, sometimes I get a little more pink than medium well. And I, I actually have no issue. I'm starting to I'm, – I'm slowly making my way down the scale. Um, I think I, I, I think I'm at a point where I could order a medium steak and be okay with it. And you're right. If it's a good steak, it doesn't need sauce, but there's nothing wrong with adding sauce to it. You might offend the chef if it's like a real There's restaurant. a lot wrong. Well, if there's it's like so a much real wrong. steak restaurant, it's a complete... yeah, they get it. They get offended by it. But like, I'm not a, I'm not a food critic. Like I'm not, oh, I can't put a one steak sauce on something. Leave me alone. A one steak sauce is a crime. Oh, Everything about that on, is a crime. So we don't need to get into that in today's Tra- Trevor, Trevor, you they like A1, don't you? Trevor's got to be an A1 sauce. guy. Trevor's I like A1, guy. but it's a crime. Dude. Everything about A1's a crime. It's great. So I, I I think I'm like in lockstep with you on this, Ben. I personally, I would say most of the time, I probably don't use any sauce when I eat steak. But I'm not going to hate on anyone that does. Oh, like People like what they like, you know? And, and also, I will say the correct ordering for me Cause, cause Brandon actually order he orders a steak medium rare. He also orders burgers medium That's rare, mm-hmm. which I believe is not is not correct. No. I think the the right move is ordering steak medium rare, but burgers medium. That that's what I do. I, I accept that because burgers you can really cook. Burgers if you go to like a really good restaurant that's cooking with like nicer beef, mm-hmm. that's gonna matter. But like let's say like like we were at Winking Wizard yesterday, right? Yeah. And they asked you like, what do you want it cooked? It didn't matter what you said. It's gonna come out the exact same. So that's why like when I say medium rare, I'm like, all right, cook it like a little bit less so we get a little bit more color than your normal thing, even though it'll be all the same no matter what. But if you go to like a real burger place, we went to we went to Hacks, right? Yeah. That matters what you say there because it's higher quality. Yeah, and you order medium rare. At of Hacks. course. Nah, you got your medium. Of course. <laughs> I I I think every every. Every type of beef, medium rare. Give it to me. Nah. I've, I, I will go on record saying this. I don't care. I, I'm so serious about this. If I could, and it was socially acceptable, I would order my steak blue rare. Oh, dude, that's it. insane. Like a van- this guy's like a that's vampire. He, I mean, I it's love still it. breathing. I love it. Like, it's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. No, it's not. It's not. It's actually quite when, cooked. When oh they redo gosh. when they redo Twilight ten years from now, Brandon should be cast in it. It's one of the vampires. I cannot believe you would ever right, consider well, ordering a Blu Ray or anything. It's ridiculous. I I well, almost no restaurants would actually serve. Yeah, because I mean, I feel <laughs> like you're bordering the line of like giving you salmonella. Like that's a thin line you're you're flirting with there. You might get it. Well, disease. so you, we don't need to go into a whole meat lesson, but you could eat meat like if you didn't cook it at all, it you could eat it without getting like a health concern. The issue is that the like surface of the meat is what mm-hmm. could give you salmonella because okay. it's not the inside, it's the surface of meat. So that's why you have to sear it. And that's what Blu-ray is if you sear like all the sides, but don't cook the inside. And then you won't get salmonella. Sounds like playing with fire. That sounds like I, that I sounds agree. like you have a fire and you're just like waving your hand I, I, for it. I agree. I mean, you're literally just like agree. walking it through the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, it's basically you're just walking it through the kitchen. It's like, all right, it's done. It's ridiculous. I, I'm just saying I would get it if I could. Mm. But look, this isn't a steak podcast. As much as I would love it to I be, I could talk was, about steak honestly. all day. I could talk about steak all day, but that's not for today's podcast. Um, we're on the Smoke Bomber podcast where we talk about sports. And today... Um, a little bit of an NBA-heavy episode, uh, which makes sense, as we just had the NBA draft, and that is where we're going to start. Uh, we saw the number one pick uh, be Victor Wembanyama. Not a surprise. Uh, his odds were like minus 5,000. I saw people bet like three grand <laughs> to win like six bucks, yeah. and I'm like, why are you like? Why are you playing with that? That is playing with fire. You want to talk about playing with fire? Nah, it's that. You're six it's bucks richer than though. you are. So. No, but also, yeah. but like, what like, happens if like the Laramie about- Tunsil situation happens right before the draft? And then the teams get scared and don't nah, take that. Point, Victor is a great. Funny nah, you Victor's. Gotta, nah. You gotta take him a chin. Take the L. Yeah. Yeah, and then lose three thousand dollars to win six bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Stupid. He wants six McChickens. Actually, now it's like four and a half. Four <laughs> yeah, and a half McChickens. Like four and a half McChickens. Yeah. Four and a half McChickens for for three thousand dollars. You're betting three thousand dollars. I wonder how many Reese's peanut butter cups you can get. Maybe like two. Yeah, three. yeah, like two. I mean, that's much, like it's just I don't know. It's not now? worth it. Are McChickens like two bucks now? Isn't it? It's like one twenty nine, right? It's like one twenty nine. Don't ask me. I don't go. I don't go that. It's been a long time. Crappy establishment. Don't insult. Don't insult the, the, the place of love oh is what gosh. I call it. All right. Yeah. The place of love. All love connections it's are not created. The place at of love, it actively kills people slowly. Oh, Trevor. But in a loving mouth. way. Don't no. be a hater. <laughs> don't be a hater. Yeah, Trevor is death. hating. Trevor is hating. But look, Victor Weminyama, first overall pick. Not really a, a, a big surprise here. Mm-hmm. Um any any comments, Trevor, on on Wemby? Yeah, so I think with with Victor, obviously, we we mentioned I you know, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Do we have to? We don't have to say it. We don't have to. <laughs> our roommate, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to. Josh, he, he continues this slander of Wimby saying, oh, he's going to be a bust. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's out of hand. Um, this is with no backing. It's not like, it's not like he knows anything. He, he knows nothing. He doesn't. He, doesn't he knows zero. Anyway, we can move on from that, that point. But for, you know, we've talked a lot about Wimby's game and like what he's going to bring to the table, um, with the Spurs. We talked about that a little bit last week. We talked about his game in previous episodes before. Um, I mean, immediately he's going to be an impact defender. I think just shot blocking, right? Like because he has the eight foot wingspan, um, because basically like he barely even needs to jump to dunk a ball basketball. He's immediately going to be on the floor and like, he's going to average like three blocks a game, maybe four blocks a game as a rookie. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages like three or four blocks as a rookie. I think it's going to happen because he's immediately, um, he's seven foot four, eight foot, 
uh, wingspan, he's immediately going to have an effect on that end of the floor. Obviously, you know, yeah, he's going to get stronger, but I think that's going to come with uh, just, you know, it's he's, what, 18, 19 years old. So that's going to come over the years. And then his offensive game, again, um, like he has the ability to become, like his shooting motion looks pretty solid. He was a 27% three-point shooter, but I think that'll come with time and I expect it to improve and get better. And I'm going to see more post moves from Wemby, but this is all stuff that he's an 18, 19-year-old that's going to come over time. And if you look at him compared to other players um, that were top picks at this stage, he's just ahead of so many other people. You look at like a Joel Embiid, for example, who started playing basketball, I think when he was like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And he went, had the year at Kansas and he had the flashes, but it was like, it wasn't super consistent. And obviously we know what Joel Embiid has turned into now. But the point that Wimby's at now is so far ahead of like where a Joel Embiid was, where a Giannis was at the same age. So that's why it's so impressive and it's going to be so fun to watch him, obviously. But even more than his game, I've been really impressed to see Wemby in interviews, listen to him talk about like, you know, what kind of motivates him to play, his mindset, stuff like that. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast last week and he was just super impressive. He just seems like um, a player who's super focused. Um, he's He really loves the game. He's had, I think both of his parents were athletes. So he just seems like super focused and super um, motivated um, to, to get to work right away. And he seems very, um, you know, grateful to be with the Spurs. I mean, I think this is really, he said it on the podcast, the Spurs was where he wanted to go. It's like if he had any one team, he wanted to go to the Spurs because the Spurs have had a pipeline with not only international players, but French players. Tony Parker played there. Boris Diaw played there. Um, Manu Ginobili, not French, obviously, but international, played there. So I, I think it's just going to be a great fit for Wemby, and I cannot wait, obviously, to watch him play. I a thousand percent agree. I I think he's such a good kid. Like I really like yeah. him. I yeah. think it's so easy to be a fan of him because uh, he's such a unique talent. He's really tall. Uh, you know, he's he's just a a, a great guy all around. Um, and I I agree. Like I think the Spurs is such a good place. Being around Pop. Uh, and just like an organization that's been so solid, uh, even if he doesn't like end his career there, which I don't think he will, I think he'll move on somewhere else uh, eventually. Uh, that seems like such a great starting place. And if he does, even if he stays there, it doesn't matter. Like it seems like just such a great place to play early in your career and really develop. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's gonna be a perfect opportunity for him. Ben, final thoughts on uh, Mr. Wemby? I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's the Spurs. Like it, it, the Spurs. It's it's hard for the to the Spurs to mess up development of someone. They they just have such a good track record as an organization. I will say though, I don't I don't know. I, I think I agree with Josh. I think he might be a bust for the sole reason of <laughs> I saw that that video of him doing the 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 shoot around or the yeah, the, the, the photo shoot. I did see uh, it. I mean that's that's rough. That's rough. I, I I personally would not be missing those shots. So I can't imagine that um, a successful number one overall pick. <laughs> Is going to be able to recover from those. I, I can tell you at least one player right right now off the top of my head in the NBA that I know for a fact wouldn't be missing those shots, and that's LeBron James. So I don't know. I'm having a interesting. You mention him. It, it's interesting you mention him. I, I can't I, believe this. I was just thought. I was just I thinking about this. I was just thinking, just about, thinking about how like James. some people were like, oh, best prospect ever, ever Victor Wembanyama, and I, he probably is the best prospect <laughs> ever. But I was thinking, who's the best player ever? That's true. Um, and it actually is LeBron James, in case anyone didn't know. It's yeah, Jimmy so. Butler. So it's not um, it's not Jimmy Butler. But I mean, honestly, yeah, it's it's impossible to to predict what he's going to do. But I think it's it's very unlikely that he will be a quote unquote bust. Um, 
but I mean, we don't really know. We've never seen anybody like him. I, I mean, we've never seen someone that's that tall and that athletic and that well-rounded. So I think it's easy to assume that he'll be great, but I'm excited to actually get, get to watch him play because um, I don't have a lot of questions on his ability, but I'm, I'm curious to see. There are a couple small things just in terms of his strength and things like that that I'm excited to see kind of him match up against some elite players like Anthony Davis or whoever. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, so we, we had, you know, the top three – uh, in this draft, you know, Wemby was going to go one. Yeah. Um, but we, we weren't sure about two and three. That was kind of, I think, like one of the bigger storylines of this draft. Right. Was it going to be Scoot Henderson at two um, or was it going to be Brandon Miller at two? Yeah. It ended up being Brandon Miller. And I, I, I know you were big, you know, Scoot should be number two. He's just the better player. I really want to hear your thoughts on this, Trevor, about the two, second and third pick. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's this whole, and I think this comes up in the NFL too, a debate about whether, like, should you draft for need or should you draft for just straight up who's the best player overall? Who You know, just is it, a, am I drafting for need? Am I drafting for best player overall? I think in the NBA, NFL, maybe it's a little bit different, but the way I think about it in the NBA, if it's like, like a top level guy, like if there's like, the top five, top 10 of the NBA draft. I don't think you should be drafting for need in most cases. I think you have to be looking for the next star. If it's in like this top, especially like top two, top three, you have to be looking at who is the guy that has the most star potential, who can be our franchise player. And for the Charlotte Hornets, um, maybe their mindset was, Hey, Brandon Miller, if we take him, he'll come in, he'll be a good fit with LaMelo. We're already very invested in LaMelo. If we take Scoot, maybe he won't fit as well with LaMelo. Uh, you know, they're both players that might want the ball in their hands. They might've been worried about that. But for me, the, the way I look at it is that I think Scoot, his upside is, I think, much greater than Brandon Miller's. He's a more athletic player. Um, I think he already looks like the type of guy who can be a really good leader, the way his mindset is, the way I, just listening to him in interviews and watching him play. I mean, the main one of the main concerns with Scoot is the shooting, but I think that's something that we've seen with other players in the past that are somewhat similar to Scoot in terms of the their game, the way they play. Uh, that have developed, you know, better shooting. And we've seen other guys, even if they don't, still be really good players. I mean, Russell Westbrook's still a, a really incredible player. We look at, like, a John Morant, who's been really good. Lonzo Ball uh, another one who really developed his shooting in the league. Well, so with Lonzo Ball, though, I don't think he was ever as athletic as a guy like Scoot. Yeah. Like, uh, even, like, Lonzo, like, he, sure, very athletic player, but, like, if we're talking about like top tier, like athletic guards, I'm thinking about like Russell Westbrook, John Morant, Derek Rose, Anthony Edwards. Most recently, I think Scoot is more like those guys. Um, and all of those guys, um, had even like Victor Oladipo, which obviously he's had injuries that have kind of derailed his career a little bit, but the, well, Victor Oladipo didn't really develop a shooting, but some of these guys have. Anthony Edwards, I think, has become a better shooter. I think Jaws starting to become a little bit better of a shooter, and I think Scoot could be capable of that. So I just think Scoot has a bigger upside than Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller had some, you know, issues trying to finish at the rim. Um, you know, he he doesn't seem quite as athletic, doesn't really have that burst off the dribble as much. Um, and I think Scoot's um the way the way he's built, I think, is probably gonna be just the way he moves his feet, the lateral quickness, he's probably suited to be a better defender if we're talking about like defending other really good like point guards and stuff like that. I know Brandon Miller's taller, he's like six eight, and he has the length and he's a good shooter already. 
Um, but I don't know if Brandon Miller's is likely to be a star. I think he can be a really good number two, really good number three, but I don't know if he has that star upside as much as Scoot does. I also just think that I, I don't I don't know if I buy LaMelo as much as other people do, as much as maybe the Charlotte Hornets organization does. So I wouldn't be using like, oh, well, LaMelo is the franchise player. I don't know if LaMelo is the franchise player. I think they should have drafted Scoot and then seen how it gone, seen how it went with Scoot and LaMelo for a year. And then if anything, maybe you trade LaMelo because I think Scoot's upside is is greater than LaMelo's. But, um, you know, that's, that's what I think. Obviously, that's been a big date uh, debate over the last like week, two weeks, the Brandon Miller scoot thing. And there, cause there's a lot of conflicting opinions. You know, there's many experts that think it was the right pick and many experts that think it was the wrong pick, but I don't know, Brandon, what, what do you think about this? Do you have an, an opinion on this? So I, I think in this situation you're right, but I, I want to go back to the NFL example real quick, because in the NFL, there's so many guys that play at so many different positions and backups are so important versus in the NBA. When you have like a top three pick, you want that guy playing, playing, you know? And I think, in your situation, like, I, I think it's tough to compare it against the N- N- NFL, where it's like, you know, like, we've seen, I, I talked about this, I don't remember if I talked about it last week or the week before, but, like, the Ravens, when they drafted Marlon Humphrey, the fan base was so upset, because they didn't need cornerbacks. Um, and it, it was at a time where there was a lot of other positions in need, specifically wide receiver has always been a position in need, and the fan base always wants receivers, because they're flashy, mm-hmm. and people like receivers. Um, and they drafted Marlon Humphrey, and people were so pissed. They were so pissed. They they were like, we wasted a first on pick. We don't need a cornerback. Marlon Humphrey, I would argue, is the second most important player on the team. Yeah, he is vitally important. He's, if they don't have the him, steal of he's one of the steals of that draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane how mm-hmm. important he is. We get it. We and get it. Looking get back on it, move on. Okay, <laughs> looking back on it, it was important that that they did it was that. A great pick. If we look at at, at this here, because Ben wants me to to get off the Ravens. If we look at uh, you know what you said about Scoot and and Brand Miller, in in my eyes, it seems like there's a they're 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 closer than three and four were, but there's a decent gap between the two. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not like quite as little as oh one went second, one went third. Yeah. You know, so for me, and you're not a huge believer in Lamelo, which makes me not a huge believer in Lamelo. So I'm like, I don't know. I think this is tough. I think I would have taken Scoot. I think you were right in this situation. I'm taking Scoot and just running with it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Ben, final thoughts on on Scoot or Brandon Miller uh, before we move on to our next draft topic. I mean, I, I get it. Like, if Lamelo's your guy, then 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 take the forward, take Brandon Miller, and 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 move on. I I mean, I think Brandon Miller. I agree. I think Scoot's probably better, but Brandon Miller's still a really good player, um, and he's actually a pretty good defender. So I I don't hate the pick at all. I, I think it's we're nitpicking, right? Because I I think Brandon Miller and Scoot are they who, whichever one was drafted. I mean, all, all three of these teams and these top three teams, I feel like they feel like they, they got a winner. Um, so I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, I guess I would agree. Cause again, Trevor knows way more than me. So if, if he, Trevor's been super high on scoop for a year now. So if, if he says that scoops, the better player, I, I agree, um, with him. Cause I'm, I'm team Trevor always, but, um, on the bright side, I mean, if, if you're the, if you're the, it's a, uh, it's a bad take, you, but... it's never a bad take. If you're the Portland trailblazers, I mean, you got scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard in your backcourt, like good Lord. Um, I, I I think I might be a Trailblazers fan now. I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I, I've never once had any desire to watch a Trailblazers game, and I, and I get Damian Lillard's great, but I just never really cared. I kind of want to watch this now with them two together in the backcourt. That's ridiculous. That's a good transition, Ben, because I think we were going to talk about Portland next. Uh, Portland, Scoot essentially fell into their lap. I mean, yeah. they they got the number three pick because the lottery balls went their way. 
um, and they get to get Scoot, who's the second best player. And now um, they have a decision to make because are they going to just, well, number one, I guess, it, how comfortable is Dame staying with this team now? Which we, we have, we've had these conversations about Dame all and the time. We've heard yeah. in the media for the past couple of years now, is he going to go? Is he going to leave? And he's been very consistent until recently about the fact that no, he loves it in Portland. He's going to stay in Portland. The last two, three weeks, he's dropped some hints. He's dropped some seeds about the fact that he might Miami not. Song. He, he might not want to stick around for you know a rebuild, a, a young player development phase. And by Portland drafting Scoot, and they had to obviously, but by them drafting Scoot and not figuring out a way to trade it for like a really good All Star, let's say for instance like Pascal Siakam or Jalen Brown, someone like that, by them going this route instead, instead of trying to trade that third pick, they're clearly, this is a rebuild. This is not a uh, Dame. We're trying to put together the best team around you to rebuild. And frankly, I got to admit, I'm the biggest, one of the biggest Damian Lillard fans you're going to find outside the city of Portland. But I think they have to move on from Dame. I think they have to. uh, Ben, do you see what's going on here? Do you see what just happened? Do you, do you see? Do you, do you did you notice what just happened? Did you see it, Ben? Because w- w- what just happened here? And there's rumors about Damian Lillard going to Miami, and I think Trevor, if that happens, oh Trevor's world, he needs nothing else in the world. <laughs> yeah. He is speaking into existence the Damian Lillard move to Miami because that I think that would make you like I, that day that would make you like oh, just man. so. I think happy. Trevor would have to buy season. So tickets. I see what you're doing. I think you have to buy season tickets at that point, Trevor. I think you would. You'd season have to go to every tickets. game. You'd have to fly in for every game. You, you couldn't. You couldn't. I mean. Well, I'd certainly go to the game when they came to Cleveland. That is true. That is true. At at that point, you know, it would be, you got to go to that one. Um, But let's keep it moving. Any other draft storylines you wanted to discuss before we move on here, Trevor? Um, No, I mean, I, like I said, like, yeah, I think Portland probably has to do that because again, I I don't see how they're going to put together. I mean, they've, they've been unsuccessful at doing it the past, whatever, five, six years, putting together a team around Dame that's going to be able to help him, you know, contend. I mean, they're not they're in no position to contend for a title with Damon Scoot. But with Scoot, if you can trade Dame, if you can get some really good young assets, some picks back, build with Scoot, Anthony Simons, you got Shane Sharp, who has a lot of potential, um, Jeremy Grant's still there. I don't know. I mean, maybe if they, if they have all these assets, they can look to to really get into that route. The same lane is like the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Orlando Magic, these young teams that are really trying to rebuild around young assets, stuff like that. I think. Yeah. So I, I think Portland will do that. Um, I think a Dame move, I don't know. Maybe it'll come before we record again. Who knows? We will see. <laughs> do you see what he's um, doing, Ben? Do you see we'll this? We'll see what happens. Um. yeah all right so we can move on from that though um other than that i thought it was pretty cool that the thompson twins went back to back of course number four number five cool to see that um someone mentioned it on a podcast i was listening to i I forget which one it was but it's just a cool thing you know because if you have a twin right brandon if you have a twin brother and you you both are you know gifted enough athletically you're talented you're good at the game of basketball and one of and say your twin brother gets drafted you're just sitting there right and it's like you want to be happy for your brother but it's like you're you're still waiting in anticipation to get drafted and then if your name gets called right after you get to celebrate together it's awesome so i thought that was cool 
that the Thompson twins got to kind of uh, share that moment in a sense. They both seem like great kids. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how their NBA careers are going to go. They both have some concerns with their shooting, um, but they seem really talented. Again, I, I talked about how I don't I don't know because I don't know about the competition, that overtime league, but we'll see. Again, we, we will see how the Thompson, can, Thompson twins can do. They seem like just great, great kids overall. Outside of that, uh, a surprise of the draft. I'm going to go to a couple surprises now. Cam Whitmore falls to number 20. That that was not expected. He falls all the way to number 20 to the Houston Rockets. Um, Cam Whitmore in a lot of mock drafts, a lot of draft boards. He was number four, number five, number six. He fell to 20, so that's a shocker. I know that you know Woj and some other reporters were saying there were concerns about his medical. Some people were saying in an interview that, well, he's a little soft-spoken. Maybe his workouts didn't go super well. Um, I don't know. Cam Whitmore, he, he's a super athletic player. Um, he, he had a decent year at Villanova, not a great year, but not a bad year either. Uh, one, one of the concerns I have with, with Cam Whitmore in particular, here's a stat for you, Brandon. Cam Whitmore in his one year at Villanova, had 42 turnovers, only 19 assists. So not a good playmaker, not a really good passer. He's still a really athletic player, really good defender, but he's got to work on, obviously, the playmaking, you know, take take better care of the ball. Another one, uh, teammate of Victor Wimbanyama's, Bilal Koulibaly, hope I was pronouncing that right, from France, played with Victor. He was drafted seventh. There's been a lot of uh, I, I didn't really I didn't really hear a lot about this uh, player until the last like month or so. I just started watching his highlights recently. Um, he's getting some Giannis con- Giannis comparisons in terms of his big growth spread. I believe he was five eleven about two years ago, maybe oh, so my, my a year height. and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, my height, your height. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he was five eleven. Now he's like six foot seven. I think in the last like two years he's grown like eight inches or something like that. So pretty crazy. He seems to have a lot of upside that was a surprise for me um i don't know uh brandon do you, do you have any surprises if you're looking here at the draft board anything that stands out anything that surprised you about the draft um not too many surprises but i mean cam whitmore was obviously i think the i think would be regarded as like the biggest surprise his fall um and i think you you kind of wrapped it up pretty good uh, ben, any final thoughts of the draft before we move to uh, some off-season topics? Yeah, shout out the Michigan Wolverines. Two top 15 players, and you can't oh, even make doing this? the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's that's that uh, that just reflects on point. that reflects on coaching, Brandon. I'm just gonna be honest. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing. All right, do, I, you have today two is not the day. Today is not the day for my Jawan Howard rant. And you cannot today, even today isn't the day. One of the 68 teams that make the NCAA tournament. Man, that's a. T- I, I mean, I'm, Look, I'm just today, just personally, if I was your recruit looking at that, no way, I'm going to Michigan. No way, I just can't. I can't do it. It shows a lot about their well, their lack. Of actually, I would go players. to Michigan getting getting two top 15 picks. I, I believe he might be the only college to do that, or maybe. Maybe there's one other one. I don't know. That's great. Um, but, so I actually but think I, I like more to people win, would go. And clearly, they don't win at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do though. Uh, they win a lot. I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> so, personally. Yeah. Uh, let me just think of another score. Like the University of Dayton, for example, just off the top of my head, they had one. <laughs> I, they had I, one top so, ten pick in the last what thirty years. And when they had that right, player, they right. had the best the best season in program history. Michigan had two top fifteen picks and can't even make the tournament. Man, that I mean, that, again, that's just if you're a recruit listening to this, I don't know how you could possibly fathom going to Michigan after that. It's embarrassing. 
Right. Yeah, it, you know, it, I I kind of agree with you, Ben. I'm not going to lie. I think Jed Howard definitely has some upside for sure. Seemed like he was a pretty good shooter. Kobe Bufkin, he got a lot of hype the last month, and I'm, I'm skeptical of it because I, I think it's just because every time I turned on Michigan, he did not play well, <laughs> frankly. Um, so I don't have, uh, I don't know, he went 15th. I If I did a lot of research and made a draft board, he probably would not have been in my top 20. I don't know if he would have been my first round. Um but yeah, it, it's interesting. A uh, couple other things I guess I could mention quickly before we move on. Um, Amani Bates, Gigi Jackson, both in the second round. These were both two guys, especially Amani, that were hyped up in magazines by Mike Schmidt, by the Mike Schmitzes of the world, the Jonathan Gavonis, all these guys, these experts, for years when they were 15, 16, 17 years old. Now, you know, it's not looking quite as great. They still get drafted, but in the second round, Imani goes to the Cavs, pick 49. Gigi Jackson from South Carolina, he goes to Memphis, the 45th pick. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We will see um, if they can find a good fit with those teams. Obviously, they do have talent. They do have a lot of potential, um, but they got to, you know, figure out. They got to learn um, you know, what kind of role they can fit into, obviously, because they're not the star of their high school teams anymore. This is a much different environment, much different situation. I'm, I'm assuming that they'll probably both spend some time in the G League, um, and we'll see how they can, you know, develop their game um, over these next couple of years, obviously. Um, also, one more thing, got to say, I mentioned Hami Hawkes last week, UCLA mm-hmm. player who I really love, and he's on the Miami Heat, so I'm very happy about that. There you go. I must say. When did he get drafted? Number eight, uh, 18th pick. Oh, nice. Hey, 18th pick. Your, so I loved him at UCLA, at, and I think he's going to be a really good role player. You, you spoke know, he's that gonna, into existence. He's fit right in. You're going to speak Damian Lillard into existence yeah, on the Heat. Damian so. Lillard to the Miami Heat Well, look, on like a Wednesday or something. That would be a very entertaining trade, but we've already had some entertaining uh, trades and signings, so let's get to one of them. Uh, Bradley Beal is off the Wizards. He's going to the Suns for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and some, some picks second round picks some swaps and stuff um this was a trade i'll say that much um i don't know if either team got a whole lot better because chris paul i believe he just got shipped off again right or is maybe getting shipped off or he's he's on golden state yeah 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 he got he got to golden state um for oh yeah it was for a pool yeah pool and a couple picks picks. um but so let's let's i mean i guess we can kind of talk about both those because they involve chris paul um, I guess they're kind of together a little bit. What were your thoughts on on these trades? Yeah, I think it's probably. I think the best way to organize this is by talking about what teams did specifically over the last like couple weeks. So I, I think the Phoenix Suns is a good team to start out with. The Phoenix Suns they get Bradley Beal. Obviously, that's the that's the headline. They give up Chris Paul, Andrew Shamit, uh, a couple second round picks, a couple pick swaps. Um, and the Phoenix Suns are also indicated. They've also indicated that they intend on keeping DeAndre and they intend on keeping him. They don't intend on trading him, which is an interesting decision. I'm not sure if that's the decision I would have made or will make. Um, but it seems like that's the path they're going. So if the Phoenix Suns do decide to do that, they have four players that make a lot of money <laughs> to say the least Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. And they have to fill out the rest of the roster. They have to figure out how they can get, I mean, 15 players are on a roster technically. So they have to get 11 other players on, um, and you know, they have other players already signed and stuff like that, but they have to fill out this roster. They have to try to improve their depth. That was the major concern with them this past year. And it's still a concern. You know, I get getting Bradley Beal. Is that a, is that a um, improvement 
upon Chris Paul? Yeah, I, I think it probably is. Um, I don't know if it's a huge one, but I do think it probably is an upgrade. Um, but you still need the depth. I mean, you're competing with the Denver Nuggets. That's the team that you're trying to beat. So you're trying to, you got to try to build a roster in this offseason. Okay, we played the Denver Nuggets. We lost them in six. What what did we do wrong in the series? Why did we lose? How are we going to fix that in this offseason so that when we are in the playoffs next year and we play the Denver Nuggets, we can beat them? And I don't think Bradley Beal, I, as currently constituted, I don't think that's enough to beat the Denver Nuggets. I agree. I don't. So I think they have to figure out other ways to get some good depth, like good role players. Um, I think they need more like position, like switchable defenders. I think that's one thing they need. They need a guy that can be a really good three and D wing um, better than what they currently have better than Josh Okogie. I'm sorry, better than the guys that they currently have. They can be a switchable defender that can guard the opposing team's best player. Um, it, they, they just don't really have that. So the Suns are going to need to try to make a couple more moves to get there. And also you got to think about like Bradley Beal, the way he plays is, I mean, I guess Devin Booker has evolved his game. He's become more of a playmaker. Devin Booker's probably going to have to be, I guess, the point guard per se, uh, because Bradley Beal's not going to be the point guard. I'll tell you that. He won't be. Um, you know, Bradley Beal's looking to score. He's more of a shooting guard, sort of like Devin Booker is. And then Kevin Durant's also looking to score. All these guys are really good in the mid-range. Um, they're good in isolations. And I, I just, again, it, it's tough to have that isolation, uh, that type of basketball beat team basketball and the way that the the Nuggets played the pick and roll, the Jamal Murray, the Jokic, uh, Aaron Gordon gr- crushing the boards, the size they have. It's going to be tough. So that's that's the thing on the Phoenix Suns. Um, if we go to the Wizards, the Wizards, they're finally doing the right thing. They're finally doing the right thing, Brandon. The Washington Wizards, they have been the worst-run basketball organization over the last five years, in my opinion, personally. Um, and now they have new, like they have new guys in their off, uh, front office. Um, I think they have one of the guys that was in the front office in OKC. I forget his name. He's now with the Wizards, and they're doing the right thing. They're getting rid of Bradley Beal. They got, traded Kristaps Porzingis. We'll talk about that. Um, they're probably going to let Kuzma go. And they're, ta- they're essentially going to tank, probably. I mean, they're probably going to be terrible next year. They're investing in young talent. They're getting a lot of assets, getting a lot of young picks. This is the Sam Presti, Oklahoma City Thunder model. The Boston Celtics did a version of this. Um, we've seen teams do versions of this. Now the Wizards are finally starting that. That's the right move. Um, so that's those two teams. If we go to the next trade... Um, well, actually, no, no, no. I, I've talked enough. Ben, I want to hear your thoughts, because Chris Paul... You're a Chris Paul hater. Let's just, it is what it is, you know? And I feel like everyone's either a Chris Paul hater or a Chris Paul lover. You're a Chris Paul hater. Um, Chris Paul, he's he's off the Suns. He's going to the Warriors because this is what I was going to talk about next, but I'll let you start on it. So Chris Paul, he's going to the Warriors. Um, Poole is on the Wizards. What do you kind of think about this? What do you think about this phase of Chris Paul's career and how do you think the Warriors are going to be now with Chris Paul? Well, I'll first by saying I agree with you, Trevor. I think the Wizards are making great moves because they got rid of Chris Paul. It's like the best thing you could possibly do. Um, I, well, well, I mean, Chris Paul is, he's 38. Like, let's be honest. He's 38 years old or however old he is, 38, 39. I don't expect him to come out and, and, and be the, the Chris Paul that we saw a few years ago on the Warriors. I think he can help though. I really do. I think he could add value to that team. Um, we'll see. I, I, I mean, giving up Jordan Poole 
it is what it is. I, I think Jordan Poole is capable of having fantastic games, but he also had a lot of stinkers on the Warriors, especially this, these playoffs. So um, I don't, if I'm the Warriors, like I don't love, if I'm a Warriors fan, I don't love giving up Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. And I guess they gave up draft picks too, but who cares? Um, but we'll see. I, I do think like if, if you're going to find a team and a coach that is going to find the best way to use Chris Paul, I think the Warriors and Steve Kerr is that. I mean, that he's he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, and they're one of the best organizations in the NBA, and they have one of the best players in the NBA in Steph Curry. So um, I, I, I am a Chris Paul hater, you're right. Um, but I do think that he adds at least a little bit of value to that team. Not a whole lot of value, but I do think that there is a way that he can help them. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the Warriors are going to be terrible because they still have Steph Curry, and they still have Klay Thompson, and who knows, maybe they'll have Draymond Green, maybe not. Um, but I, I, I do think that, that Chris Paul could add value. So I'm not, I'm not going to completely trash the trade. Um, but I do give a lot of credit to the Washington Wizards for recognizing that they have someone that will never win them a championship. So might as well get rid of that for someone that has a way better chance of winning them a championship in Jordan Poole, just because his name is simply not Chris Paul. Yeah. The Warriors are in an interesting position. Um, I, I think the thing with the Chris Paul thing is I don't know how, successful it's going to be if him and Draymond are on the floor at the same time is assuming Draymond comes back if Draymond leaves and goes to another team I actually think in some ways Chris Paul is a really solid replacement in terms of like the playmaking the uh being kind of the floor general in the sense but if him and Draymond are on the floor at the same time Draymond is a is a zero in terms of scoring the basketball I think Chris Paul has gotten much worse in terms of scoring the basketball his shooting has gone down I think this past year he only averaged I don't know like I don't know, 16, 15 points a game, something like that. So his scoring has gone down a little bit. I do think that Chris Paul can be very successful with uh, Curry. And in addition, I think especially with like Clay Thompson, like running the second unit, one of the things with, with uh, Steph Curry teams um, since Durant's left has been that the minute Steph Curry's not on the floor, they've been pretty bad uh, for the most part. I mean, they've had some good stretches when Curry's been hurt, but I think overall in the playoffs, I think you worry about the minutes when Curry's off the floor. And I think having Chris Paul in a lineup, like a bench lineup with Klay Thompson could be really successful. And I think you could kind of, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to, be too much in the like like as far as plus minus if you're going to be in the plus too much i don't know how well it's going to go but i think it's going to be easier to you know you're not going to be worried as much when steph curry goes off the floor because if you have chris paul as your backup point guard like that's an incredible backup point guard to have and i think he'd run a really good unit i i mean i do certainly expect them to play a lot of minutes together as well chris paul and steph but it's, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, because it's going to be tricky figuring out that crunch time lineup, depending on if Draymond does return. Uh, but Brandon, what do you what do you think about this? Uh, the Warriors getting Chris Paul playing with Steph. What, what do you think about this? I OK, so at first I was like, nah, I don't get it. But here's the thing. I don't think Chris Paul is getting 30, you know, 40 minutes a game. No, on this I don't team. think so either. I think he's going to be a, a great guy to have come off the bench for 15, 20 minutes a game. And he'll be able to make an impact that I think a lot of, you know, potentially younger players wouldn't be able to. He's still a very, very intelligent yeah, player. Very. He's a great floor general. And I think it's going to be the type of person where you can take Curry out and your offense has a new level to it. Curry is, you know, very shoot first and he's he's very, uh, you know, offensive weapons heavy. Chris Paul isn't, you know, this marvelous shooter, but he's a great floor general. He's really good at, you know, uh, getting the ball out of his hands. Maybe he can help make someone like Clay, um, you know, become even more dynamic. Um, 
And I, I think it kind of adds a deeper level. And I started to kind of like it, to be honest. So I'm I'm for it. I do love Chris Paul, though. And now I low-key hope the Warriors win. Stop. I Hopefully John doesn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> because then LeBron will go there next year, and then they'll win even what? more. No, you don't want I'm that I'm in fantasy happen. land. I just want LeBron no, to win. I'm kidding, because he's the greatest happen. player of all time. But besides that fact, um, yeah, I the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Yeah, I, I would say I would say in terms of minutes, I think in the regular season it'll be a little bit lower. I think come postseason, I think it'll be like twenty five. I think it'll be like twenty eight to thirty. Um, but you know he's he's getting older, so I I don't think you need him to play thirty five forty. I think like twenty eight to thirty is probably a good range. But again, like what matters is the playoffs. Who cares if Chris Paul only plays forty games regular season? Doesn't matter. Just make sure he's healthy for the playoffs and. I think the ramp up portion, if you can get into a little bit of a rhythm March and April before the playoffs where they, they at least develop the chemistry enough to kind of have that, but they're still fully healthy. You got to try to find that right balance. And I think it could go really well, but again, there's still more unresolved stuff. Draymond has been declining clay again. He's been inconsistent. So it has to be more than just Chris Paul and, and Curry's greatness. You know, the other guys obviously are going to have to play their role. Wiggins. Wiggins was great last year when they won the championship. He was not as good this year. So depends on the other players. Um, the last thing I think we could talk about is this three-team trade that we have. Yep. Um, where essentially the Celtics get Kristaps Porzingis from the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards get Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies. Grizzlies get Marcus Smart from the Celtics. There was picks involved and stuff like that. But that's the headline. Um and this was interesting because originally it seemed like this trade was going to involve the Celtics trading uh, Malcolm Brogdon, not Marcus Smart. And I I would have thought that would have been an incredible trade for Boston if they would have gotten rid of Brogdon, not Smart. The fact that Smart, it's a little bit more of a hit, um, but I do think the Celtics... Um, did probably improve their roster because I think Porzingis will help. I think having a guy who can space the floor um, and shoot and be a pretty solid rebounder, I think that's going to be a really good uh, you know pickup for Boston um, overall. So I, I I do like it for Boston. It's it's tough though because Smart. I, I think it's dependent on. Was Smart's decline on the defensive end, is that going to continue or was it just one bad year where he went to defensive player of the year last year and then he comes in this year, his defense isn't quite as good. Is it going to continue to decline or was it just one bad year and now he's in Memphis? It's going to be awesome again because if it's awesome again, Boston might be regretting trading Marcus Smart. So it's tricky for them. I think for Memphis, I love it because I think Memphis needed someone like Marcus Smart. Um, I think... You know, certainly the Boston fan base loved Marcus Smart. I think the Grizzlies are going to love Marcus Smart. He just seems like a like a a player that is really going to succeed for the Grizzlies. And it's interesting because Brandon, if you remember Tony Allen, um, also a player who formerly before he went to the Grizzlies, obviously had a long career with the Grizzlies. Really good defensive player. He was with the Celtics. And he had an okay stint with the Celtics. But then when he went to Grizzlies, he really thrived. Um, also, he played at Oklahoma State, just like Marcus Smart. So some Tony Allen parallels with Marcus Smart. I really like it for the Grizzlies. I think it's going to be awesome to have. And the Grizzlies, you know, John Morant has this 25-game suspension. I think the Grizzlies are going to be fine without John Morant, to be honest, until he comes back. I still think they have a really good team. They have Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. I think they're going to be just fine. We'll see if they can develop that rhythm. Obviously, it's going to depend on a lot of jaw. It's going to be on him. Is he, you know, is he going to be 
Is he going to take it seriously? And is he going to come back, you know, ready to go um, to lead his team? But I think they will be fine in the regular season until they get him back. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Ben, final thoughts for this uh, pod today. Yeah, just real quick on uh, the, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm, I'm no expert in basketball, but some would argue that that they had the steal of the draft. Um, some kid out of the University of Dayton named Tumani Kamara. So now I would I would say that Bradley Bradley <laughs> Beal made them a good team. I, I really do think after their one draft pick, I would call them a championship level or championship caliber team. So Phoenix Suns clearly the the smartest organization in all of basketball at the moment. Um, there are 29 other teams that really messed up that draft. So um, shout out the Phoenix Suns. Also shout out Chris Paul on the TV. I got uh, the Astros and Dodgers game on right now. Uh, Chris Paul's there rooting on the Dodgers, and of course the Dodgers are losing because that's the kind of energy that he brings to pretty much any team he roots for. All righty. Well, fair <laughs> enough. I think we will wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, subscribe. Leave five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com, uh, and our Twitter, thesmallballer. Uh, all those links will be in the description. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.